Gets a block, cuts it back. 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Quick Slants Podcast, a game on Wisconsin. I am Jason Perrone of the Quick Slants Podcast, Pulse of the Pack, and the Pack-A-Day Podcast when it's not draft season. Hope everybody's having a good week so far. It is the week of the NFL Draft. We are just one day, one day and a half away from the first round of the NFL Draft. This is like a fun day. It's it's the closest thing to the feeling that you have when you wake up and it's that first game day of week one. We haven't had football for a long time. We haven't had Packers football for a long time. It's been three months and now the Packers will do something meaningful for their team and for their future and it's going to be really exciting. We'll talk a little bit about that. And since, you know, I'm not a big draft, Nick, and I don't know a lot about it, I'll I'll do some looking into some things and do some research. I mean, I don't go into it blind, but most of you who follow me know that I'm the draft isn't really something that I'm re- really known for or really, really big on. But it's it's been a lot of fun to kind of look into this one and kind of go through the scenarios and see what the Packers might do, how they might navigate this whole thing. I actually had a chance to, uh, I got a, an awesome opportunity to go back onto the Unknown Packers podcast. I want to give a shout out to those guys, Bryce Christensen, Nebels, and Ken Ingles. They had me on, and the, the show should be coming out soon. It was the second part of their draft episode, and got a chance to talk a little bit about the draft, the way I see some of these things playing out, players, different different guys that the Packers might go for, and the approach that I took this year. And again, you know, I I, I haven't really haven't really been as involved, but I did come to one realization uh, this this year. That helped me not get so enamored with so many players that the Packers ultimately aren't going to draft because we do this every year. We we get excited and enamored by guys. We hear their names said over and over again. They get mocked over and over again to the Packers. It seems like a foregone conclusion that they're going to be Green Bay Packers and then they end up not getting drafted by the Green Bay Packers. So while I'm giving a shout out to Unknown... And check out the Unknown Packers podcast. They do a great job. They are they're, they do an awesome job and love those guys over there. I also want to give a shout out to my brothers and sisters at the Packaday podcast. They did the mock draft earlier this week. Perry Goldstein picked for your Green Bay Packers. If you didn't listen to it, go back and check it out and see who she chose in round one of the draft, this year's draft, as the representative of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, doing a great job covering the draft. And as I continue my hiatus during draft season, I'm uh, listening to my own crew, the Saturday crew, and Dan Kotnick has filled in very nicely on that Saturday show. He's keeping up with those weather reports, and they're breaking down the draft like the bosses that they are. So cheers to my crew, Mark Eckel, Paul Brittle, and Dan Kotnick, and everybody over at, at the Packaday Podcast. Once again, a big congratulations to Andy Herman on 1,000 plus episodes and continuing on. Looking forward to doing 1,000 more with the Pack-A-Day crew. So here we are, draft week. It's a couple days before. It's a day before. Got to talk about the draft, right? And lo and behold, Brian Gutekunst does a press conference. 
He gets in front of the microphone and he bails out yours truly, who really has a hard time filling up 15 minutes with just draft talk. And as you can imagine, when reporters get a chance to talk to Brian Gutekunst, they they typically want to talk about one thing, at least first. And they didn't skip it, and they got right to it. And that was the topic of Aaron Rodgers, his contract, and his future with the Green Bay Packers. I'm not going to play sound bites. I'm not going to sit here and break down every single thing that Goody said. A lot's already been said about it. I'll just say this. Brian Gutekunst saying Aaron Rodgers is our guy for the foreseeable future is the most GM speak thing that he could possibly say. It's okay. That's not a bad thing. We get frustrated because we want the transparency and we want these coaches and players and general managers to tell us what they're really thinking and what they're really feeling. And two things going on. The first thing is they're kind of been trained. The PR guys tell them, and if they're listening, hey, you know, don't don't put your teammates in this or that situation. And the other thing is, is that some guys are just very emotionally aware. They just realize, hey, I'm kind of heat of the moment right now. I need to step back, take it easy, say some canned stuff for now, and then delve into my feelings later. And, and once I've gotten a chance to get them put together, then I'll, I'll put them down and, and we can talk about it. So I'm okay with Goody kind of towing the company line there as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, the franchise. I think they've pretty much told us everything that we need to know about the situation with the moves that they've made financially and with the roster, right? They didn't move any of Rodgers' money around because they want some of the flexibility that comes with not having extra years and having money pushed out. The Packers already have a ton of money pushed into 2022, And after the 21 season, they're going to have a lot of decisions to make with regards to their finances. I'm pretty sure a lot of those decisions have already kind of been made. I think the Packers have a roadmap for how they're going to get out of salary cap heck and the disaster that it looks like right now before it becomes a disaster. And then we'll see how this season plays out. Now, last year, Packers were sitting there, okay, we just drafted a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is going to be 38 years old. So, you know, who knows what kind of season we're going to have here. We were in the NFC Championship game last year, that being 2019. And so chances are, you know, any day now, Aaron Rodgers might start to fall off. Well, Aaron Rodgers didn't fall off. Aaron Rodgers rose up and had an MVP season. And as he said a few weeks ago on the Pat McAfee show, he threw a wrench in some timelines in Green Bay. Well, I, if you're going to throw down an MVP season and lead a team to hosting the conference championship game, I'll take that wrench every single time. You can throw it square in the gut as far as I'm concerned. Aaron Rodgers can come out and throw out, throw together another MVP season. And even if he does, the Packers are okay. They're okay in either direction. The Packers have already said to themselves, okay, this is what Aaron Rodgers did in 2020. It's very feasible, one year removed, and the way that he takes care of himself and the way he's dedicated to playing football and to the Green Bay Packers and, and to doing what he does, that he's going to put together another season similar to what he did in 2020. So if that's the case, then he's our guy going into 2022. If he shows no signs of slowing down and he's still going to be really good and Jordan Love, for whatever reason, doesn't show up enough in practice and in the reps that he's given in preseason and what other opportunities he's given, Aaron Rodgers is their guy. And then they'll have to figure out what they're going to do. There's there's a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. Plan A 
you know, I don't know in what order those things go, but you've got keeping Rodgers, you've got moving on from Rodgers, you've got keeping Jordan Love, you've got moving on from Jordan Love. And, the, and those two things kind of, there's a, there's a Venn diagram out there somewhere where those things intersect. The Packers are going to be just fine. That they have this situation and the opportunity to have this problem and all these things with the optics and fans saying that the team isn't taking care of Aaron Rodgers. You know, I listened to one of the the podcasts, one of the shows for Milwaukee uh, in Milwaukee at the Big Show, actually the Big Show, because with Gary Ellerson, Sparky, and Leroy Butler, and they had Tom Silverstein on. He made a really, really good, and, and Leroy made a good point. May not have been what the Packers were doing, but one of the reasons why teams put these bonuses in these contracts and don't they don't get paid until the spring is because then the team can decide, hey, do we want to do we want to like opt in on this bonus for the player? And it's kind of their way of saying thank you for the past season because in, in the NFL, the one thing that you you hear all the time is is that you don't pay for for the past. You pay for what you think the player is going to give you. You don't pay them as a thank you for what they did the past season. But this roster bonus that Aaron Rodgers got that everybody hoped was going to be a signing bonus that they could spread out or the fact that the Packers haven't spread it out, the roster bonus was essentially a huge multi-million dollar thank you from the Green Bay Packers for him putting together this surprising MVP season in 2020. Not surprising in the sense that he was great because Aaron Rodgers can play great. We knew that. It's the fact that he was the most valuable player and he's at age 38 bringing in the MVP award, which is very impressive. We're very fortunate as Packers fans who have experienced that. So the Packers are, are, they are taking care of Aaron Rodgers. They said thank you. They gave him the money. They still had enough cap space to keep David Bakhtiari, keep Kenny Clark, to keep Aaron Jones. I know that they lost Corey Lindsley, but they really kept the nucleus of this team together and they might do make a couple more moves to free up some more money and, and just make sure that they're in good shape because you're going to be paying Devontae Adams soon. You're going to pick up Jair Alexander's option, which as my Pulse of the Pack and Pack-A-Day co-host Paul Brittle on his new podcast, Packers Unrestricted said that that, that fifth-year option could be up to $13 million for Jair. And that's just a fifth-year option. That's not even extending him and giving him a new deal. They'll add years to the deal and they'll push some of that money out. But that's a big cap hit in a year where the Packers are already going to be cash strapped. So it'll be interesting to see what, what the Packers do. But as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, listen, he can sit here all day long and say it's, it's up to the team. I understand it's a business. Uh, they're going to do what they're going to do. It's out of my control. Aaron Rodgers is not keeping his mouth shut behind closed doors. The Packers know how Aaron Rodgers feels. And don't think that, that he's just using the media to get those thoughts across. He is definitely letting the team know, you know, the, the man is a 16-year veteran of the NFL, and he's become one of the faces of the franchise, and I don't think anybody else, after Aaron Rodgers is done playing football, I don't think anybody else is going gonna, is gonna to wear the number 12 for the Green Bay Packers again. You, If that's the case, you've earned the right to speak up, speak your mind, and, and say your piece. And Aaron Rodgers has definitely done that. What are they going to do? Tell him like, hey, you can't say that. Aaron Rodgers is absolutely going to let the Packers know, hey, you guys do whatever you want, but I just want you to know, if you do A, B, and C, I'm not going to be okay with it. If you do D, E, and F, I might be okay with it. He's The Packers know where they stand. But the biggest thing is, is look, that's the tough part in any business. You're, you're never going to get along with your bosses. You're not going to get along with all of your coworkers. 
But as long as everybody's productive and professional, then it works. So whatever Aaron Rodgers does, as long as it's, as it's workable and you don't get this complete meltdown like they had a few years ago with Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson and Rodgers and everybody else, then I think the Packers will be just fine. So there you go. Didn't go through any any good against comments because, like I said, they've already been dissected a ton. But that just co- coexist and win games, to me, that's the most important thing. So we got to talk about the draft, right? This is, this is you know, I, I got to talk about it. So I'm not going to sit here and throw a bunch of names at you. I'm not going to do a mock draft. I'm not going to tell you who this surprising pick is going to be for the Packers on Thursday night. They may not even make a pick. They might trade back. They might trade out of the first round, and then they don't pick until Friday, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, especially where they sit right now. Here's the deal. I mentioned a different approach this year for myself and how I was keeping myself from getting too enamored with certain prospects. It's those raw athletic scores, the Raz scores, as they're called. Look at the Raz scores, because that's where the Packers draft guys. That's where the Packers draft, especially... High in the draft, rounds one, two, and three, the, the the raw athletic score is a huge tip as to who's even an option. I, it doesn't tell you who the Packers are going to pick, but they've got to have that plus nine raw athletic score. If it's lower than that, they're not likely to be Packers. So friends, listen, people, stop with the insanity, okay? Stop getting enamored by some guy Because a guru, I'm using my quote fingers, a guru out there has said the player's name a hundred times between Super Bowl and right now, and you've become hypnotized into thinking that the Packers can't live without that player, right? I mean, I'm talking about, I've heard Caleb Farley. I've heard Greg Newsome. I think Greg Newsome might be the perfect example of the guy that if the Packers don't draft him, you know, things are going to get thrown at walls in houses of Packers fans. And it just doesn't, you know, the the Packers may like the player, but I can tell you one thing. Brian Gutekunst does not draft based on the media. He, they have their own board and they do their own thing and they, they march to their own beat and they've shown that. Some GMs actually do draft based on media. Some, some GMs do. No names. I'm not throwing any names out there, but it's not Brian Gutekunst. He definitely has his own board, and he does his own thing, and he's done very well for himself. Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, and then the story is yet to be written on Jordan Love, who's released some videos of himself working and working out, and it's good to see that he's working. And when you're throwing against no defense and in against air, it's easy to look good, but I'm glad Love's putting in the work. So let's see how things go when they when they get into working and, and doing some team stuff and he actually gets a chance to to get some meaningful reps. So look at those RAS scores. And obviously, there's some athletes, there's there's some players out there that are going to go in the later rounds that have high athletic scores. The raw athletic score isn't necessarily an automatic predictor of a great future, but it's uh, it's a high likelihood that if their raw athletic score is high, they might be in play for the Green Bay Packers. If it's low, if you got a player that you really love, but that Ross score is just low, well, temper your expectations because the Packers are, are probably going to do something else. And they can only make so many picks. So they're not going to pick, you know, they're not going to get J.C. Horn and Caleb Farley and Greg Newsom and Rashad Bateman and Jenkins and, and Alex Leatherwood and all of your, you know, Trey Merrick. They're, they're, 
all of your favorite players. They ain't getting them all. So a lot of those guys are going to end up playing for other teams. And unfortunately, some of them might end up playing against the Packers twice a year because they land in the NFC North. But talk about the first round. Here's some exciting news. Since I kind of, you know, dumped on everybody's hopes and said, hey, don't don't get too enamored by any of your players because chances are anybody that any of us think the Packers are going to draft, they're going to draft somebody completely different. But I think I think a trade up. We we can't ignore the fact that how of how possible a trade up is in this first round. Goody has moved around in all three of his drafts so far, so I'd be a first if he didn't. If he stays at twenty nine, the bottom of the round in a draft where, and I, I guess the NFL draft historically sees the cream of the crop already gone by the time you get to twenty, the cream of the crop of the draft is already gone. So. If, if Goody wants to sell us the all-in line that he said earlier when he was talking about keeping the roster together in free agency, well, then the, that all-in has to include the team's best effort in this draft as well. You can't just ignore the draft process. So now if you want to get a difference maker, which is something I heard him say, Brian Goodikin said he wants to get difference makers, difference maker, difference makers, plural, then... You got to go up and get them. You can't sit at 29 and hope that that happens. You know, those guys aren't there late in round one. And I said, I was chatting with the unknown guys, the unknown Pack, uh, Packers podcast guys, Bryce and Ken and Ebels. We were chatting a little bit after we recorded. And I said, honestly, the Packers have 10 draft picks as we sit here right now. I would be okay if they just made three or four picks in the top 150 and call it a day, just make the, just, just draft four really good players that you think are going to make an impact and just use the other picks to move up and just get four really good players instead of 10 players where only two of them are really good. And the rest of the eight are, are more like fodder. Now, obviously the Packers have to draft more. They need more players. They need rookies. They need guys to play special teams then there's going to be the undrafted free agent crop. And I, again, that's that's another thing too. I'm ex, I'm excited for that. You know, the draft ends and everyone's like, oh, okay, drafts, drafts over. The Packers have done a lot of really good work in undrafted free agency. Chris Barnes came out of nowhere last year, took a hold of that middle linebacker spot. And I don't know if he's going to keep it this year, but he's certainly going to go into this season as the starter wearing the green dot and being the dude. Nobody thought that was going to be the case a year ago. They just signed Christian Kirksey as a free agent. Kamal Martin got drafted, and so there was your future. And Kamal Martin might, you know, Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes might form your your running mate there in the middle. So it's kind of exciting that they have that position somewhat short up because the inside linebacker role in Green Bay is always kind of middling. You know, Blake Martinez did a good job, but he was just, you know, it was just okay. AJ Hawk, it was the same thing. AJ Hawk, AJ Hawk was a good player, wasn't outlandishly great. He was a good player, but it always seemed like the Packers could use an upgrade. And Chris Barnes, when he was healthy, that was the biggest problem was that he didn't stay healthy. But when Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin were rolling, they had it locked down. It's it's finally an area where it's like if the Packers don't draft an inside linebacker, they shouldn't get slammed for ignoring the position once again because for once, they actually have a couple of solid guys that can already man that spot there. But I just I focused on the first round. If you, you're asking me, okay, get to it. Quit rambling. What, what are they going to do? I still think receiver, offensive line, and cornerback or defensive back is where the Packers are likely to use their first round pick. I could 
I could see them going edge rusher if they have, if there's an edge rusher that they really like. It's it's hard to ignore the premier position of a pass rusher, especially early if it's in the first round. I trust whatever the Packers are going to do. I trust whatever Goody does because he's done it well. And they've been in two conference championship games with a new head coaching uh, regime. And you got a new defensive coordinator this year. So how much will that play a factor? We're not sure. But the good news is we only have to opi- or pontificate on it for another 24 hours. And the draft will be upon us. Game on Wisconsin is going to have draft reactions, a live show, so get over there and check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Check out all the good work over at Game on Wisconsin. The draft prep crew over there did an absolutely phenomenal job breaking down so many prospects. I challenge any of you to name a player that's eligible in this year's draft that was not profiled over at Game on Wisconsin. If you do it, DM me. DM me the name of the player and that you couldn't find the profile and we'll come up with something. We'll come up with a little uh, little reward and we'll see how many people are actually listening to this show and actually follow directions. So everyone knows where I'm at on Twitter. I'm at Jason Perrone. You can follow Game On Wisconsin at Game On WI. Again, shout out to everybody who put in so much work, way more than I did on this year's draft. We're almost there. It's almost draft day. It's really exciting. And we're just inching that much closer to football. So everybody... Enjoy the rest of your week. We're on our way towards Friday and another weekend. Be kind to one another. Stay safe and go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae. From right to left. Cutting left to the 50. To the 45-40. Track down from behind. 